But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. It is Monday, October 2nd. This is the 9 by 9 and this is an emergency episode. That's right, Rob St. Clair. Sound the alarm. Rob, that's Rob St. Clair in Chicago. This is Everett Delorm here in Toronto. This is the 81 Square Meters, the best volleyball content on the internet. And we're only two days into the men's Olympic qualifiers, and we were going to do, be doing a show. We were like, those, those matches are going to be boring. Nothing, nothing interesting is going to happen. There's going to be no upsets. It's going to be like the women's. So let's just plan a show for later on in the week. Well, Rob, after two days, we had to have a show. We, we couldn't not have a show. Because it has been absolute pandemonium so far in the Olympic qualifiers. Actually, it's technically the Road to Paris 2024 qualifiers because the Olympics won't let you use their name at all in anything. But I digress. <laughs> It has been absolutely bananas, Rob St. Clair, and I, Madness. I, think we, I, I think we should just jump into it. There's, o- there's, there's only one place that we can start. There's, there's only one place that we can start, and there's only, there's only one place that I can start. What, which, what are you showing here? D- Japan in, in Pool B. You're, you're, you're Japan here. Is lose, J- Japan lost to Egypt. This is, this is true. This is this is the so far of the tournament. This is probably the biggest upset. I, I know. I know that we want to talk about Canada ever, and we will. But I, but you I had them. You had them number one on our show over. notes. I you had them number over. one on our show notes here, Rob. I can't you, you, get you, over. You, you threw Japan you threw me for a loop. Japan lost to Egypt. J- Japan did lose to Egypt. It they was, lost to Egypt at home. Let's let's get into this. My favorite, my favorite. <laughs> how? <laughs> how like, do you lose? How do you lose? What, what were they up? Like, what did they win? Like 14? It was 25-14, 25-10. How is that possible? How? Rob, and, I, I really don't know. What? I, I, I really don't know. I've watched that match back a little bit. And. For two matches in a row, because even in the Finland match, Japan looked a little bit sketchy. Like, Japan should not be going to five with Finland. It, they I'm did sorry. the same thing. They went up 2-0 against Finland and, and then fell asleep at the wheel and lost two sets and had to rescue it in five. Like, what? I, I barely even had... Japan, what is happening? What's going on? What is what is going on? This You're is at so... Home. It's so not Japan as well. Japan never plays down to the levels no. of opponents like this. No. They never do. This is like Cuba garbage. This is old Cuba under Vives garbage. Like, Japan does not play down to the level of teams like Egypt and Finland. No. It was... It was... And the thing is, is that when you watch the game... There wasn't any places where I, I could see, like, like they didn't start making a boatload of errors, right? It, it, but Egypt turned it on, and it was just like Japan had expected them to just lie over and die. Like, did Japan forget what it's like to be a good team? What? 
what I, happened? I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. So the stat sheet does not tell any of the story for for either of those two matches. No, because, neither at all. Because of how much Japan won the first two sets by. So like, you can't pull any conclusions out of there. The only thing that you can point to here is that Japan, having won those first two sets in both of those matches so comfortably, they just pulled a very un-Japan-like move and fell asleep at the wheel thinking that the other team, like you said, would lay down and die in front of them. And to Egypt's tremendous credit, they didn't do that. No, Egypt, Egypt, Egypt fought back hard. For sure. And Egypt had to come back in that third set. They were down like 22-18 or something like that. Like it, 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 was, it was a heck of a comeback by Egypt. I, I just cannot fathom a team like Japan allowing themselves to play down to an opponent like that. People in the chat are wondering if Ishikawa is injured because of how bad he's been. Um, I haven't thought he's been terrible. No, he's, I mean, his stats are fine because again, because it's, it's so inflated by those first couple sets that Japan has won. I'm sure okay, even he, has... that he only made like Japan only made one, like five unforced errors as a team, you know, like that's not a lot of errors. They're serving great. They're passing perfectly fine. They only got aced once. They, they like, they, I mean, they got blocked eight times by Egypt, but in five sets, that's not that bad. Like, I, I just don't. I do not understand what happened here. Now that these these games were at on at like four in the morning my time, I'm certainly not going to claim that I watched any of these games live. But like, there's only so much you can catch up on in like watching a match back and watching highlights and looking at a stat sheet to like to capture the feeling of a team blowing it like this, like the kind of the only way that you can feel that is when you watch it live. And like, you feel the, that you kind of feel as a fan, a small percentage of the tension that the team might be feeling. And yeah. because this is so un Japan, like it, it's so completely unlike them. If there was one team that I thought would be impervious to a complete trap, this isn't even a trap game. Trap games are against teams like, like that a Turkey or, that, that are better, yeah, <laughs> that are better than Egypt. Like, Turkey is a trap game for Japan because Tur Turkey is a VNL team now. Like, they, they they can punch above their weight class and upset teams. Like, Egypt is a, is a should be a doormat. This was... What what got me the most, Rob, was, you know, as, as I'm, like, scrubbing through the game, is just how much the crowd got sucked out of it as, as the game went on. And then, like by that final point for Egypt, it was just you could hear a pin drop in there. Yep, it was like no one was expecting that. Um, it has been, I, 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 I truly can't explain it. Um, I need to watch Japan's next match live. This is this is what I've determined. I need to watch their next match live, just because I, I need to see what's going on. They do not look good right now. They do not look good right now. No, technically. When you when you look at the, the standings, you look at the numbers and, and you look at how it all like there's still they still might qualify through this tournament, right? And they're most likely going to be qualifying through like they, there's still there's still a possibility, right? They could they could run the table from here from here on they, out, beat Slovenia, they would have beat, to beat Serbia. There's a lot of messiness going on there. Uh like Serbia losing to Turkey. That's that's another one there. Like S S Slovenia, Serbia, Turkey are all kind of could potentially something something could happen there but japan just doesn't look good right now no this is this is not the japan that we saw that we praised for vnl 
that exactly won their first exactly. FIVB tournament in years. What? Do you guys start watching the show and it start going all to your heads? Like, what's going on? <laughs> what is going on with Japan? Oh. And, you know, like, you know what? Andre Zelinsky is right. This is sports, right? This is this is this is why we play these things, but on on the court and not on paper. For this, for for a, a loss of this stature and of this magnitude to be happening at this stage, at this event, at home in front of your thousands of your fans, um, is absolutely bonkers. And my favorite part of it is, did you see that tweet? from volleyball oh my world god afterwards the, and it was just like social media activity has completely has completed my life because welcome japan welcome japanese fans this is what happens when your team is good and you lose this is what happens is you get you're going to get clowned on especially by the segments of the internet that dislike how popular your team has gotten because of let's say off-court reasons and uh, the, there was a comment on one of Power Volleyball, like that stupid Instagram account, one of their posts. Like there was an angry fan that we were making fun of in the Discord, like saying, "What? What is wrong with you? you? You, your, your, your account has profited so much off of Japanese fans, and now you're making fun of us for losing to Egypt." And the answer is yes, yes, you're going to get made fun of for losing to Egypt. Welcome to being a fan base well, with, of a of a better team and when they lose you're gonna get made fun of well welcome to the world you're you, you're not protected by anime magic and real volleyball this is the real world welcome <laughs> deal with it yeah the, the the tweet from volleyball world is this a true fan you're always there to celebrate their vict- victories and you're always there to cheer them up when they're down first of all the emojis in this tweet <laughs> it's are so just cringeworthy brutal. and it's then so the comment just, is just people like well, this admin really bring many toxic people and impact the Japanese team. Stop it with the Jap- the Japan propaganda. <laughs> Stick to or change the name to Volleyball Japan. We're sick of it already. So unprofessional. People are just clowning Volleyball World because it Good. was it must be it must be nine one one for them right now. Oh, hundred percent. Like, Japan is Japan is floundering. What do we do? Right, like oh, like what do we do? J- Japan just is 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 not having a good time what do we do just hilarious and this is the same volleyball world social media that is fueling the fire of the rivalry between the turkish and brazilian women's teams like if if, if you're gonna clip that santorelli clip of him saying that brazil has no quality completely out of context and plaster that all over twitter and then you're gonna like do this this anime protection garbage of of a team that just lost to egypt at home like what are we doing yeah it's absolute comedy show unbelievable <laughs> yeah it is it's really it's so much fun to watch from this oh it's it's, it's it's spectacular because it's, it's just amazing i was expecting it and i mean there's a lot of people being like yeah absolutely you're so right. there's so many people in the comments just being like this is like just like there's so many comments about admin there's so many like in other languages too that i that i don't understand they're just being like what is what like why is this happening why is volleyball world such a such big japan stands oh it's 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 just beautiful it's beautiful to watch uh on court though japan desperately needs to figure it out they have tunisia tomorrow at I think like six thirty in the morning Eastern time, so that match so, like, yeah, I do want to I do want to bring up the other side now. This win for Egypt 
on paper in this pool meaningless, right? They're they're but. they're not they're not going to win that many other games exactly. But that win allowed them to leapfrog Tunisia in the standings now. And if everything stays status quo, like like that that matchup, like I don't know if Tunisia can even catch Egypt. Um, with just so, off a win, like they would need, they would need something else. But it has put Egypt in as the highest ranked African team, which is absolutely massive for them. It's enormous. It, it is those two teams right now, and I mean, it's Cameroon is down at thirtieth in the world, but Egypt just jumped to eighteen. Tunisia is at nineteen. So it's the, yeah. those, and they're they're separated by now five ranking points because Egypt just got eleven from beating Japan, even in five. And so it, it is between those two to get an Olympic bid. That that's that's the picture. If you want to take a screenshot of this pool, look at those two teams only, and they will play each other later on in the tournament. Whoever is higher ranked between those two teams is going to get an Olympic bid out of Africa, and uh, neither of them are playing VNL, obviously. So I don't know if there's going to be any matches in the early part of the 2024 season that's going to do any more movement between those two teams but there's a great chance that it's going to come down to their match later on this week but if egypt hadn't beaten japan they would have had no chance they, they would yeah. have been too they would have been too far behind in this in, in points to catch tunisia and now it's a, and now it's a coin flip so for egypt's chance to go to the olympics this was absolutely enormous and it's not going to be through this pool it's going to be uh, by beating tunisia head-to-head in in a match and in the rankings yeah man, absolutely I mean- crazy if either of them could get a win over Finland, that's really, really the only one I could I could see. But uh, sure. But other than that, but yeah, congratulations, honestly, to Egypt. I think that's the one of the biggest things, and you know, we didn't necessarily do that justice. But I think a huge amount of congratulations for this match needs to go to Egypt. I agree. It needs to go that the, the, the needs to go to how they played this match. Huge and amount of resilience to to be huge, huge amount of uh, amount of resilience, absolutely from from this Egyptian squad and. You kind of, you kind of just love to see it. I mean, twenty points by Reda Haikal. Is he, I'm pretty sure he's in the middle too. What? No, wait. That that, that can't be right. I, they they had an opposite that was raking a bunch of points, even against. Yeah, no, the US. It's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. But this is like this is a brand new because Egypt was was always like they were always a VNL team. They're always at these different events, and this is a brand like I do not recognize anyone from these nope. Egyptian teams. No, I, I do remember them from like the from World League back in the day, but uh, no, completely different team. But now they've uh, they've pulled one of the great upsets I honestly have ever seen on the national team level. I, I can't think of of a more lopsided game than that, or like a comeback of that magnitude. And now they're in the Olympic picture. They, so good for them. They lost 25-14, 25-10. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Japan couldn't seal the deal. That's just, oh man, that's uh, unimaginable. Un- unimaginable. All right. Well, Rob, you know what else is unimaginable? You know what else is unimaginable? And when we did our show last week, I could not have believed this. If you had told me last week, Rob St. Clair, that Canada would be at five and zero, oh, and we're sitting atop the standings, right beside Poland. I would have told you you were crazy, right? If you had told me we were 0-2, I would have been like, yeah, that that may be more like it. But you know what? I was feeling pretty confident against the Netherlands. I thought we played really well. We really we really minimized our errors um, and, and just, I just went for it. But then, 
Argentina. Now, Rob, there there was a moment after the second set where you messaged me and you go, "Are you watching this?" <laughs> and my answer was just like, "I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I don't want to ruin the mojo right now." And to be honest, I thought we had because that was the set that, even though Canada had like a four point lead at one point in the in the third, Argentina came back and won. And just the way that they won it, I was like, "Argentina is a five set team." Argentina has they gone are. to five a lot, and it looks like they just got turned on. But then they came out and looked terrible in the fourth, awful. and we, we looked absolutely awful. This is for all of the revenge. This is for revenge for the 2020, or like the, 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 the 2020 Olympic qualifiers, where Argentina beat Canada. Uh, it, it was 2019, technically, but still. This is revenge for the 2015 Pan Am Games, where they beat us at home. This is revenge for just all those world all, leagues. so many different losses to argentina we did beat them at vnl in 2021 so that was one one good one in the bubble in the bubble yep right. i i i was looking through uh like some of the head-to-head during the game on on flash scores um but this this to me rob might be up there in magnitude. It's not bigger, not quite there, but it's up there in magnitude with the win against Cuba in Vancouver at the North Seca qualifying tournament. Because the history between these two teams, how much do, like Argentina has just handed it to us. It doesn't matter if oh. we're away, if we're at home, what type of event Argentina has handed it to us. And they brought everyone back. They did. They brought back Facundo Conte, right? Polonsky is healthy. The maestro de Checo is there. You have Denani. You have the best scorer in Lima. And they've been one of the best teams this summer, just like Japan. And they were nowhere to be found, right? That last set, 25-15. 25-15. Beat just down. absolute domination from the Maple Volleys. And now, now it's it, first and foremost, Rob, it is not over. Not much by like any VNL, means. It's much like VNL. There's still five matches left to be played. From this team, one of them against is against Poland, who did go to five with Belgium and needed to, to, and need to rescue at right. seventeen fifteen in the fifth to beat Belgium. Like there, there's so many layers to the chaos going on in this tournament. But yeah, but Canada, when we, <laughs> when we look at Canada right now, the path is there. The path is there, and this is a. Uh, a good old hello to all the people in the Discord or in the chat or whatever it have you. Be like, oh, there's no chance for Canada. Like when we did the preview of these pools, and I was like, I like this pool for Canada. They're like, oh, there's no chance for Canada. They're not gonna, they're not gonna win anything. Blah 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 blah. Thank you, mm. thank you very much. When we get into this, Rob, this has been the best ball we've seen from team Canada all season long. It's, 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 it's incredible to me that this is the same team that got three dogs by the USA just a few weeks ago, right here on this channel in the final of the North Seca championships, right? The, 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 the team that has come out has been incredible. They look awesome, but there's one thing that has really not only stoked my fire for like, had we lost these two matches and played the way we did, I would still be stoked. Yep, because of the way we because of the way we played minimizing errors being aggressive but most importantly for me i have three letters i was just i was gonna do the same thing i have, I have three letters e f l e f l and this to me is just it's just a sense of relief 
because this is the first time we've really seen Eric Lepke play well in a Canadian jersey, right? And he's been on this team now for a while. Like, we can go back to, like, dude, like, like what, like, the 20, like, 2019. He was there, I think he was there in the bubble. Uh, that was 20, the earliest 2019 I World Championships. Okay. Or 2018, sorry, 2018? Was he really there in 2018, like, while he was at Trinity? That That, that would surprise me. But, like... I, I I definitely know that he was there in the bubble in 2021, and then like didn't play much VNL last summer. Was not good at last summer's World Championship. Didn't play this summer's VNL. Was like okay at Norseka, and like we're waiting for Eric F and Lepke to play like this. And we're don't worry, we're gonna break down all, a lot of these matches in detail, including both Canadian wins. But the yeah. Eric Lepke has been the biggest difference maker for me alongside Lou Kerr, who set the two greatest games probably of his career in the last two days. I'm and, I'm having I'm having legends like Gavin Schmidt message me and be like, yo, Lou Kerr is the truth. He's so he, he's, he is. He's so I, good. His serving his serving against the Netherlands. Yeah, four aces. Come on. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. And also I didn't I think one of the best things, unfortunately, for this team to happen is the uh, absence of Ryan Slater. Is Ryan Slater leaving this team? And this is no shot at Ryan Slater, and I'm not at all saying that he's not a fantastic player and hasn't done amazing things for this team over the years. But it just made Arthur Schwartz the number one guy, and there was no doubt about it. And he has been phenomenal. 17 for 26 against the Netherlands, 54% efficiency. Incredible. Fifth for twenty-seven against uh, against Argentina, a forty-four percent efficiency. These efficient numbers is not something I'd expect to see from a guy like Arthur, who's ju- who's just coming into his own as as a starting role. And, and if I mean, you and if you took out the numbers from Arthur on the left side, which is my one <laughs> problem with Team Canada right now, yes, because they, they are a joke in rotation one, and they need to stop setting Arthur the ball over there. If you took out, if you if you included only his right side attacking numbers, he would be even better. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, there's we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> there's at one point in the Discord. And this was my only interaction in the Discord during the Canada games. It's like, we've been over this. This is a you post. Do not <laughs> set Arthur Schwartz on the left side. And I just, I just stop, stop doing it. <laughs> but it, this is, has been uh, overall some of the best volleyball I've seen from Team Canada in a long, long time. And it could and a lot to feel good about. Time. So we'll talk about Canada's path and we'll talk about the rest of this pool. But yeah, that is clearly, clearly, clearly the dominating storyline in pool C. Uh, last last pool to talk about just kind of overarching storylines is pool A. No surprise that Italy is up there, but look who's number two. Two and O oh with six points against good teams. It's Germany and old man Georg Groser at age 38 looks amazing. Uh, he looks amazing. 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 He looks they so look, good. <laughs> he looks really good. And I mean, it's kind of a perfect case scenario for Germany. They kind of slugged through the VNL this year. They didn't do, they were just inconsequential at Euro Volley. And then they get their yeah, guys. They really back. were. They were they were invisible at Euro They were Volley. invisible. When they they just made a couple of they they've made a couple of upgrades. 
Um, bringing in Grozier was one of them, of course, and having Julian Zenger as as your libero. That's big. Has been absolutely massive. And they got Moritz Karlitzek back. I think that that is like a depth piece that outside of somebody who can actually score points is has has really helped. But I mean, it's 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 Grozer, man. It's Grozer. That's the difference. They have a legitimate opposite presence now. Weber has either been unable to stay healthy or unable to keep the ball in the court, and. Grozer at age 38, I mean, every time he does this, like we, uh, a, a new Olympic cycle comes by and we're like, all right, uh, it's time for Germany to to pass the opposite position on to the next guy. Like Grozer's done. He's had an unbelievable career. He's going to go play club and ride off into the sunset. And then, then no, they, they somehow are able to pull him back into the national team game. And he looks incredible completely ageless he's hitting these badass line shots like shoulder in like way outside of his body no look down the line around blockers like he's such a monster dude they're just teeing it up for him and he's just swinging away i do worry about his longevity right throughout this (laughs) tournament tournament but right now things are looking really good and i mean hey i picked cuba for this uh for this pool and they looked fantastic for a set against Germany yesterday. They looked really, really good. For they looked real good against Ukraine, too. They and three-donged them, and it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. And yesterday in the first set, I was making myself a nice little omelet, you know, cutting up some steak that I had left over, left over from work the other night, cutting up some veggies. I was like, even put in the Discord. Cuba's looking really, really good. Also, big shout-out to Ronnie, who's just been on my butt this entire time and hating on Canada. I picked you guys to go through. Show some solidarity here with Norseka here, brother. <laughs> but but I digress. And then Cuba just turned off. Oh, yeah. Just disappeared. The duality of Cuba. Just, just, and like Germany's serving pressure did turn up a little bit. But not enough for Cuba to just lay down and die like the way they did. Yep, they, no uh, idea going it's on. it's unfortunately the reappearance of bad Cuba for the first time since they got rid of Vives. I think the ghost of Vives is uh, still around that team. At least when during that Germany match, they looked they looked terrible. They had to change setters. They had to change all three wings. Everybody looked bad. We'll break it down well, later. They, but they had to change setters because Thondike got injured. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I no, Thondike went down, but things were going poorly for Cuba before that, and Melgarejo was apparently injured as well too. So there's yeah. some issues. We, should, we 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 can get into it in a while later. I do want to touch on, and we'll touch on a little bit later, later too. Is Brazil not looking great so far at home? That's a, that's sure another enough. team that has looked sketchy, and even though Chechia is zero and two, they they could upset some people's dreams so far. Oh, for sure. I mean, Czech took a set from Italy and they were up 13 to nine in the fifth on Brazil and blew it. And like that, that was a very winnable situation for them. If it weren't for Darwin Souza off the bench was absolutely amazing. And I got to say, as far, as far as the Czech Republic goes, you deserve to lose those matches. You started Jan Hadrava over Marek Shotola. You did this to yourself. You reap what you sow. Why would you not start Marek Schotela over Jan Hadrava? What are we doing? What are we doing? Schotela hit like 65% efficiency off the bench against Brazil. What are we doing? So start the right guy and maybe you win that match. But sure enough, Brazil. Uh, the only reason I picked Brazil to go through this pool is because I had a feeling they're going to pull garbage just like this. 
they're going to put themselves into losable situations this week at home because they're not the team that they used to be. But there's going to be some some garbage Brazilian plot armor, especially at home, that is going to allow them to cling on by a thread and figure it out. And that was one of them. That was one bullet dodged. Like they're they're going to lose to Italy for sure. They they cannot play like that and and stand a chance against Italy. But like they play Germany when they play Cuba, even when they play Ukraine. Like there there's going to be. Uh, more difficult moments for Brazil, and I'm curious to see how much magic they have to get through those situations because coming back from down 13-9 in the fifth against the Czech Republic was a bullet dodged. Huge bullet dodged. Huge bullet dodged. And you could tell when they won that 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 last point there, just the elation and the huge sigh of relief, relief. that came from Massive. not only that team, but the entire crowd there. Um. I, I actually agree with Mac ninety eight in the chat. Czech Republic was scared of winning there. Like that was, they had everything lined up, but they yep. just didn't have it in their hearts. They didn't believe it in their hearts. Rob Saint Clair. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Oh, what, don't what don't are you... be bringing, don't be bringing me into this hate of Hadrava here. Like let's no, that, let's that's be clear here. This we we, we we need to separate Rob and I on this one. I have never <laughs> been a, a Hadrava hater. Yeah, that, that's uh, but my. My voice on that particular issue is so loud that it that it probably encompasses Everett's take too. So yeah, that no, that's Group A. We'll get into some we'll get into some more of the matches, but uh, this this tournament is chaos. Chaos. This tournament I is chaos. It. I love it's it. It's incredible. I honestly, we weren't supposed to do a show today. I'm thrilled no. that we are because we have so much to talk about. You know what else we have to talk about, Everett? Yes, we need we need to jump over to the w- women's game a little bit here. You've been writing in our chat. We've seen you on Twitter, and it's happened. We've seen your signs literally in the arenas when Italy is blowing games. Hashtag Matsanti out. It has happened. The bad man is gone. He can't hurt you anymore. Uh, however, like the, the Italian Federation hasn't officially confirmed it, but their president in an interview with Sky Sports like right after the failure at Olympic qualifiers has, has confirmed that Davide Matsanti will not return as the Italian women's head coach. Good riddance. You reap what you sow. When you leave five starting caliber players at home from both Eurovolley and Olympic qualifiers, you fail the medal at Euros, you fail the qualifier for the Olympics, you deserve to be fired, and that's what has happened. So uh, good news. Our Italian fans in the Discord are rejoicing about this. This is a good thing. This is uh, the right move for Italy and their chances to have success at next summer's Olympics. Uh, Goodbye, Davide Mazzanti. Thanks for participating. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. This is amazing for Italy. Oh, for, the, the, for their women's team. This is this is what needed to happen. My biggest question, though, Rob, is who's next? Great question. Right? Because when you look at the list of Italian, uh, fantastic Italian coaches, which is long, by the way, they're all elsewhere. They are. Do you think, do you think uh, uh, Santorelli is uh, going to be leaving Turkey anytime soon? Not for that contract that they paid him. Probably not. <laughs> no. Do we think Guidetti is going to be leaving uh, Serbia anytime soon? Probably not. Like, not, you, not. Not in this Olympic cycle. Like, uh, who, uh, who do you want to go get? Like, Marcello Abondanza? Are you going, are you going international? This, I have this, no idea. The, the coaching search for Team Italy now uh, on the doorstep, essentially, of the Paris Olympics under a year away. 
is to me is 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 going to be one of the most intriguing parts of this and with the club season like the club preseason is already well underway and italy unfortunately can't get out of their own way with the rule that they won't allow club coaches to coach the national team and vice versa so you can't even pull one of the lega volley femminile coaches at this point because they're already getting started with their club team if they wanted to come coach the Italian national team for next summer, they would have to quit their club job right now on the doorstep of the season starting, and I don't think that's going to happen. So I have absolutely no idea where they're going to go for the next head coach. But regardless, at least whoever that next head coach is is not going to alienate the likes of Paola Egonu, Katarina Bossetti, Alessia Oro, Christina Kirikella, Monica De Gennaro, all down the list. At least that that whoever that next guy or girl is, they should at least be able to bring the best talent back into the mix. We do have a lot of the chat saying Julio Velasco. Right. And uh, that was one of what the FIPAF president, the names that he first brought up. But then Velasco is like, yeah, I, I haven't been contacted about this. And I'm not sure I'm particularly interested in this job. So, and I, I as far as I know, Velasco has always coached on the men's side. So From- not, not, not that he would have any issues like... All, that's the thing is that to coach this Italian women's team, all you have to do is stay out of the way. He was, but, he is, he is slated to coach for Busto Arcesio this year. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's he's supposed to. He hasn't coached since 2019 with Modena, but he is supposed to be uh, coaching um, for for um, uh, for Busto this year. But he also was the head coach of maybe not the head coach, but he did coach the Italian women in '96, '97. <laughs> lots changed since then huh yes exactly wow okay that's uh that's very interesting oh and okay somebody else says that they the rumor there's a rumor that the the kind of no competition thing between italian club you, and national team coaches they might get rid of that and that would be a good move you have to oh for sure you, especially you with this situation yeah you absolutely you absolutely have to so goodbye, Davide Mazzanti. Uh, we've we've been calling for this on this show for a very long time. Thanks for participating. See you later. Um, this this is good news for everybody involved. Yeah, this is this is absolutely massive. Um, I mean, we don't we've been into it already with, yeah. with how how bad he is. Right. So, so you, again, you reap what you sow. Uh, and uh, I believe justice has been served, and we'll see where Italy goes from here. Uh, if they make a hire, we'll certainly cover it on this show. Let's jump back into men's Olympic qualifiers. We're going to go pool by pool now and talk about some more like of some of the more significant matches in detail. Um, Starting off with pool A, this is the one going on down in Brazil. This has been the easiest one uh, of the pools for Everett and I in North America to actually watch live because it's uh, on our half of the world. Um, Everett, do you have any takes on Italy? Because I don't. No, none. Butter, smooth like butter. You know, they did lose that, that first set against Czechia. But otherwise, they've been s- smooth like butter, and they've just been looking good. Um, much like Turkey on the women's side, who apparently were racist for calling them the best team in the world. Oh, I, okay then. Didn't know that was a thing. Um, you you know what? When, when, when we get comments like that in our YouTube comment section, that tells me that we've made it. We've made it. If, if, if we're having absolute stooges drop comments like we're being racist against Turkey because we called them the best team in the world and didn't spend the whole show talking about them last week, that means we've made it. So I, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud to have idiots like that in our comment yeah. section. Italy, I mean, <laughs> come on. They went 3-1 against Chechia, 3-0 against Qatar. Like, give, give me something interesting for them. They got Ukraine 
tomorrow, today, whatever, whatever the the to the timing is. It's, I'm, it's, it's tomorrow so, actually. The, it's, the the Brazil one is is like they're only oh, an the, hour ahead of Eastern time. True, true, true. They 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 are in Brazil. You're right. So they played Ukraine, which is going to be a bit of a tougher game, but I'm expecting going to be probably a number three nothing or a three one like that. I think, I think that's a three dawn. And then they play Germany. I think this matchup against Germany is going to be very interesting because what we saw from Germany against Cuba is that they really ratcheted it up the the serving. And we know that the one way to beat Italy is just serve them off the baseline. 100%. So let's talk about Germany a little bit because Germany came into this pool. They were, what, the sixth seed? Yeah, I think I think they were. They were. Uh, you, it was Cuba four, Ukraine five, Germany six. Yes. And Germany now at 2-0. and oh, Like And... Like like we talked about on last show and like throughout this whole process about kind of how these pools work is that if you're in the top four, like those top four seeds, you're only you're only going to play the other top four teams at the le- at the end of the tournament. But if you're in the bottom four seeds, then your hardest matches are going to be early. Mm-hmm. Exhibit A, Canada, they're playing all their hardest matches early. And the same thing goes with Germany. So they got their tournament started with Iran, who's a complete wild card. And I don't understand like what really they're doing on a federational level. But Germany came in and beat him convincingly. Georg Groser, 18 for 39, 23 points total, uh, three aces, two blocks. He looks phenomenal. And then Moritz Karlitzek, which is the other guy I was saying, 44% efficiency. Uh, and just to have a, an actual scorer on offense on the, on the left for Germany has made a big difference. So has Julian Zinger, just like you said, at, at Libero. So they... After, after this summer of Germany being half invisible, half laughingstock they're kind of like a, a blend of the two all of a sudden they're a contender to get an olympic bid and and all all it, all it takes is just bring it, bring in a couple great players they've honestly managed it pretty well yeah they have they have really managed it really well and i'm i'm also happy for this because germany should be a team that's that's good for that's, sure that's relevant you know they have a solid professional league they've got good guys playing overwhere over, where, over you know, all, all over the place. Um, my biggest worry is the fact that they don't have anyone to re- replace this ageless wonder who is Gregor Grozier. Um, but at the same time, like, they, they, he doesn't need to play VNL next year. No. And if they do end up qualifying, right, this if, throughout this tournament, which, don't get me wrong, is a possibility now at this point. Like, they, yeah, they have the- put themselves in a position to potentially qualify. He's not playing VNL, and he just needs to rest to bang some balls at the Olympics. Hundred percent, which is exactly what he's been doing for it seems like five years on the national team level. Is he doesn't play meaningless tournaments. He only plays when it matters. He only plays World Championship. He only, like Germany had, I think they got bronze at like the twenty maybe fourteen World Championship. Like they had one crazy run in that twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen. They went really far, and then I, they they had a really good run in a relatively recent Euro volley as well. Maybe twenty. 17 or something like that 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 i'm sure enough like they they pulled grozer out of nowhere and he like carried them deep in the tournament he can do that that's how good he is even at age 38 like i was blown away watching him against cuba yesterday just how good he looked on the eye test obviously his 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 numbers were spectacular but he looked amazing so he he did that's exactly the situation for germany they're going to need to either beat italy or brazil but the, not only not. Italy, Italy or Brazil, they still have to play the Ukraine, Czech Republic, and Iran. And no, they I'm already not... beat Iran. They, oh, wait. They, sorry. Sorry. Say this, sorry. They, they still have to play Ukraine and Czech Republic as well. And, and Qatar, neither... who's, who's a doormat. Yeah. Okay. Qatar. Thanks for participating. 
have a cookie, please leave. Um, <laughs> but both e- e- Ukraine and, and Czech Republic are are not gimme games uh, for no. for this German team. And sure, they do look good right now. But this this is this is a hard road. I do not. I would like. I much rather be Canada right now at two and zero than Germany right now at at, at two and zero. Just because I think the depth of their pool the rest of the way is harder yep. than Canada's and. and it, it's it's crazy because both both Germany and Canada, they're the two like lower seeded teams who put themselves in phenomenal positions so far. Still, so difficult the rest of the way because you're still going to have five matches in the next six days. Like they they all have today off. All these teams are still going to play five matches in the next six days. And like somebody is saying in the chat for Germany, depth is a problem for them. Can you problem. ride Grozer five matches in the next six days at age 38? Like if there's one guy who can do it, it might be him. But like that, that's no gimme. Even same thing with Canada. Like how is Canada going to manage their depth the rest of the way? We'll we'll, we'll talk about it later. That, that that's the the kind of the beauty and and the chaos of this tournament, at least for us watching from the sidelines, is we don't have to deal with any of these problems that some of these coaching stabs are going to have to answer. However, Germany two matches in and on the eye test they look fantastic. And then this Cuba game was was the other one where. Germany bent Cuba completely to their will and exposed bad Cuba for the first time since VNL. Yeah, they 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 really did. And which was so weird because was weird. Cuba dominated the first set. It was all over them in the first set. Like it, it was it wasn't even close. And then they just disappeared. I mean, Van Dyke did get injured, and I think that is a bad bad scenario but he didn't get injured until the fourth right like they still lost the, the second and third with thondike setting uh or as thondike as our uh our lovely commentators has, has been calling him the entire time which is i won't get won't get into that um but cuba just there's there's something missing there and I don't know if it's just the the shine of having that new coach is is gone, but they just didn't have that fight that we saw from them against Canada and the U.S. at at the North Seca Championships. It, yeah, it wasn't it was, there. It was bad, Cuba. It was it was lots of errors, Cuba. Uh, yeah. Herrera got benched very early. Yeah, um, yeah. Mergarejo came in and looked uh, less than hundred percent. They had to bring in Tabuada, and we saw bad Tabuada for the most part. Yeah, there all the all of Cuba's issues that we saw throughout VNL that we thought were for the most part fixed because of the coaching change, and at Norseca they were like we didn't see any of Cuba's problems at Norseca because they, sure they took third in that tournament they lost two five setters to two very good teams. Cuba looked awesome in West Virginia. They looked they great. They did, and uh, sure enough, uh, all it took was old man. Yergi Grozer at age 38 to expose all of the problems that that we thought Cuba had buried deep down, and uh, now they're now they're in big trouble. They're going to have to they're going to have to probably run the table, maybe even including beating Italy the rest of the way. Maybe not. Maybe maybe they can afford to lose to Italy, and Cuba can afford to lose to Italy, and like there will be a lot of people beating up on each other that end up five and two. That's very possible, but um, it, it's more about how does Cuba respond in terms of their play style and emotionally respond to losing a game in this fashion? Like, do we see their resilience and their 
supposed maturity and like all these things that we saw at Norseka that looked good or do they revert to bad Cuba and I'm curious to see how they do that because this game against Ukraine on day one was a beatdown was a beatdown it was it was, a beat it was never in question not even close Cuba like got on the horse and just rode off into the sunset well, what did they hit as a team? Forty nine percent efficiency. I mean, yeah. they 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 were ridiculous. Uh, Whereas twenty nine percent, sorry, twenty two percent efficiency yesterday against Germany, and then like Ukraine in this one, really bad. Ole Plotnitsky, eight percent efficiency, benched in the second set. Like Vassil Tupchi was the only player in double digits. Like they, 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 there was just nothing that they could do. And Cuba, I mean, Yant sixty seven percent efficiency. Lopez sixty two percent. And then the Herrera, 50% efficiency. And the, the complete turnaround in the worst possible way against Germany the next day. So it's the duality of Cuba. Sure enough, we're, we're seeing uh, the, the Jekyll and Hyde Cuba that we thought that we might have gotten rid of um, with the, with getting rid of Vives. And now I'm, they're going to be a very interesting team to watch the rest of this week. They, they, they really will be. One thing I am looking at, when you look at this German roster, other than the right side, and I do believe their backup right side is Lucas Massa. Um, or Carl Korlitzek. Yeah, I think they would be playing somebody out of position, kind of, if Grozer sits. We saw, we've saw we seen Korlitzek and Massa both do it before. Yeah. They went to Reichardt first, first and foremost off, off the bench. But you still have Christian Frome there. You still have Dennis Cal- Calabarita. Like, <laughs> what is he still doing on this roster? They, hey, they were just like, hey, you, you, you're a legend. You're pretty good. You wanna what? you wanna come come for a quick roll in the hay with us? Uh, Ten years ago, yeah. Yikes. So they, they, I think Germany has has some options, but you're right. Like if they're not getting production there from from Grozer, things things might be scary. And for Cuba, someone needs to show up. Like Lopez was terrible in this one. I mean, Herrera was bad. Yeah, Herrera was bad. bad. Rob doesn't like his hair. I, I think it's actually all right. <laughs> No, I, I didn't say I didn't like it. I was just like, I was surprised by it. I, I didn't expect. I, yeah. There's there's a lot of hair changes in this tournament. We'll talk about uh, one certain team in particular in a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, Cuba. The last, thing, the last thing we got to talk about in this pool, obviously, is this. Uh, a tremendous, tremendous scare of Brazil by the Czech Republic, uh, which Brazil survives. We, we, we talked about it earlier in the show. The Czech Republic led 13 to 9 in the fifth. And I, I, I couldn't agree with Everett more. I think you and whoever commented that in the chat absolutely nailed it, that the Czech Republic was not emotionally prepared to win that match. They, they, they didn't have it in their hearts to push this over the finish line. Which and I sad. have, well, it is sad, but I have to give Darlin Souza all the credit in the world. 18 for 30, 47% efficiency, five aces off the bench for his brother, who was terrible. And without him, uh, Brazil had really had no chance in this match. Uh, Lucarelli also was was just outstanding. 16 for 25, 56%. That's as good as I've seen him play in a long time. Lucarelli is the only thing holding this team together. Absolutely. In in my opinion. Um, is his is his ability to kind of do everything. Um, I think Bruno is, is kind of all over the place. It's a little disappointing to me that... F- uh, Kachopa, Fernando Kraling has just not stepped up to be the guy like we've expected him to for Brazil. When I look at this Brazilian roster, Rob, though, I I have worries. Right? Oh, huge worries. I, I have I have big worries. Mostly the fact that like like I'm sorry, Darlin Souza did play a great great game, but he was on the Brazilian B team that old Am Cup. Like 
That shouldn't happen. No. Right? You have uh, Bergman, who is Julia Bergman's younger brother, Lucas Bergman, who is on this roster. He's been brutal for the Brazilian junior team the past few years. I've seen him just get served, uh, served off the court multiple times by junior teams. Like, this is there's the, the, there's the tale of two stories in this tournament right now for me, Rob. There's the Japan who on paper is really good and, and is factory really good, but losing in five sets. And then the Brazil is, I'm still wondering how they're still holding on. Clinging you know? by a thread, it, and that thread yeah. is is snapping each individual fiber in every match that they play, and it, it they're going to lose a grip on this soon. It has to happen soon. The the there's too many negative signs for Brazil. Like they they just do without Yandy Leal, who is not on this roster this week. They have their second outside hitter position is a black hole. Also, what are they doing? Bench, benching Onorato, who is perfectly fine. Three for six, no errors, pass the ball fine. For this Adriano kid who was awful all VNL and came in the rest of the match and hit negative efficiency here. Like, well, what, what are we doing at that spot? What, I, think what are we, we, I think the conversation around Brazil needs to be, first and foremost, what they need a new coach. Renan Del Zato is not been doing, is, has not been getting the job done for them. And this team has been in decline since... Bernardino left for sure and there's there's just a lot of weird roster management and program management and uh, this, this team is a smart move for this Brazilian team would have been to completely turn over generations after the 2021 Olympics because they failed to medal they lost to Argentina for bronze which is a disgraceful loss to lose to your South American rival in an Olympic medal match like that. And sure enough, they're they're It's the, it's the clinical definition of insanity. They're, they're, they're keep trying the same things over and over again, expecting different results. And the only thing that's changing is that this group of people is getting older and older. The, yeah. they, they will. Why are we starting Lucas Sotkamp in, in the year 2023? What are we doing? This they will lose a grip on this, and it will happen soon. And they will qualify for the Olympics somehow because they're Brazil. It might not happen in this tournament. Even if it doesn't, they're gonna go to Paris, obviously. Yes. But when they get to Paris, what is that team even gonna look like? Will that team make it out of pools? I don't think Brazil strikes the fear in P in teams' hearts. Not the even way they a little used bit. to. They. I just I just don't think they. They present a team right now that people look, you know, like I think when you're game planning for this team, if you're an elite team, like if you're Italy, France, USA, Poland, Japan, when they decide to play good, you look at Brazil and you're kind of like, there's some holes here. There's some serious holes. Brazil used to be one of the scariest teams on the planet because they didn't have any holes and their their floor was very high. And their ceiling was sky high because yes. when they put it all together, they were they were tremendous and they were a, a shoe in to win every world championship. And now they they have complete holes. Now now their ceiling is a first round exit at the VNL finals. Yes, very very much so. And they, I don't see a I don't see a fix coming. I don't either. I really, and really so don't. this match, the like Brazil should have lost this match. 
They, they were down 13 to nine in the fifth. The Czech Republic missed 23 serves. And they they didn't bring their best player into the starting lineup until the fourth set. Marek Šotila went 17 for 22. 17 for 22. That's only five balls that he did not kill. That's unbelievable. And it took you four sets to start the guy? What are we doing? Like, I, I'm almost angry at the Czech Republic for not winning this match because of how winnable it was. No, I'm, I am angry at the Czech Republic Come for winning, not winning this match. But there, and, and may stand, know how many points this would have been for the Czech Republic? Get them, get them oh, to be relevant. Well, oh man! And I mean, this, this is this is a team that when you put their when you put their guys together, like this is a team. I I rate the Czech Republic. Oh yeah, you know, I, and I, I absolutely agree. This was this mis, this was mismanagement in the highest form um, here by the Czech Republic. So if they can then, figure that out, this is a team that definitely to watch. They don't even have oh. Zabaronok on the roster. Like, if it was him and Vashina mm. on the left and Shotola yeah. on the right, like, those yeah. three wings are sick. Yeah, that would be really, really good. Really, really good. But huge missed opportunity. Huge missed opportunity by the Czech Republic. But, like, keep your eye on Brazil. Like, you could get that. They are holding on by one single thread onto the cliff that is their historical success. They are going to fall off that cliff. And if you touch that thread right now, it would snap. And they're... Some somebody this week is going to cause that thread to snap, and I'm curious to see it, see it when it happens because it's going to be, uh, you're when when it goes up in flames, you're going to know it. I also think you need to keep your eyes on the Czech Republic because they're going to win. They're going to win a game here, and oh, they're going to sure. beat a team other than than Qatar. But like, if if I was Germany or Cuba, I would be so worried about the Czech Republic. I would game plan the f out of a, of a matchup against a, against the Czech Republic for sure, no doubt. So coming up in the next two days, because we are probably going to do do a show on Thursday after the next yeah. two days of games, because there's just there's just so there's just too much to talk about. Um, Iran, Qatar, who cares? Cuba, Czech Republic, that's a game. Yes, that's it a game. has to be a game. It has to be a big game, and Cuba needs to show up for it. And this is tomorrow Brazilian time, so like it, it's pretty nice for North America, like. 10 a.m. local, like 9 a.m. Eastern is Iran, Qatar, then like Cuba, Czech, then Italy, Ukraine. Like that could maybe be a game. Then Brazil, Germany tomorrow night. Like that's a sick match, especially with the like what we've already talked about about these two teams going on so far. And then the day after that on on Wednesday, I suppose, uh, Iran, Czech Republic, Italy, Germany is a big one. Cuba, Qatar, that'll that'll be a confidence builder for Cuba, and then Brazil versus Ukraine. So um, there's there there there's plenty there, there's plenty going on these next two days in, in in all these pools, but especially in that one. Yeah, what uh, what's your predictions for for this pool, Rob? Are you still sticking with Brazil and Italy? <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, I am. <laughs> I I think that so I I think that Italy is going to go seven and zero. I think that teams like Brazil, Germany maybe even Cuba are all going to go five and two and it's going to come down to tiebreakers and Brazil is going to escape on, on a tiebreaker for second place. I I don't think it's going to be convincing. I don't think it's going to feel very good, but I do think that Brazil is going to somehow survive because those teams are really going to beat up on each other. So I'm going to stick with my Brazil pick, even though like Brazil shouldn't feel good. Even if they do qualify in that manner, they shouldn't feel good about it, but I have a feeling that somehow they will. Yeah, I agree. I'm still sticking. I like. I can't go away from Cuba now, but I'm disappointed. 
Me too. I, I'm, I'm disappointed in, in how Cuba has shown up or their their, their inability to show up for this tournament hasn't yeah. hasn't been great. I agree. So let's move on to pool B. You see the United States and Slovenia up there atop this pool. This shouldn't surprise anybody. The United States did what you're supposed to do when you play Egypt and Finland and three dong both of them. <laughs> Japan, figure it out. Figure Slo- it out. Slovenia beat Tunisia. Slovenia also beat Turkey. I suppose we can talk about that one really quick because this uh, actually was a pretty good match. Um, revenge, or not not revenge. It was almost revenge because they played a five-setter in the Eurovolley round of 16, I think, mm-hmm. where Slovenia went down 2-0 to zero and had to bring it all the way back and, and figure that one out, and they did. So uh, good for Slovenia. Uh, they got this match done. They have put themselves in a very nice position to get an Olympic bid with Japan's struggles. Uh, we also saw Turkey beat Serbia on day one. That was, like that was another, I don't know if I'd call that an upset on paper, yeah, was, on paper in, in the volleyball world. I think it's a bit of an upset, but when you look on, on paper with both these rosters, um, I, think I wasn't that, that surprised. I think that Turkey has underperformed mostly this, this year, right? Like I think that they haven't been as good as, as, as they've proven to be. But this this doesn't surprise me all that much. No. Uh, 17 blocks for Turkey in this four-set match. That is a gigantic number, including like a whole string of them at the end of the fourth set. like I actually watched the end of this match. I think it was around the same time that uh, the Netherlands and Canada were playing. But I, t- I turned on the end of this and just stuff block after stuff block after stuff block, like just demoralizing blocks to end Serbia's match. It was actually pretty cool to watch. Uh, Adis Lagumja was pretty good, uh, 31% efficiency, 19 points. Uh, Merit Matic in the middle was great. That kind of came out of nowhere. Mirza Lagumja, Adis's little brother at the outside, really good. 12 points, 44% efficiency. That was nice. But uh, my issue here for Serbia is setting. Their new setter, uh, this Vuk Todorovic guy, is that his not name? It. Yeah, terrible. He's not him. Really not, not him. really not good at all. Like the, I do not like the way the ball comes out of his hands. I do not like his choices. I do not like his location. Um, he's small. He doesn't block or defend very well. He doesn't serve. He just doesn't really do anything. So uh, that's my, my clear issue with Serbia right now is setting, and they have absolutely no chance in this pool. None. I think it's even more telling the fact that you have Antanasievich as one of your main go-to guys. Like, talk about pulling up someone from the grave like they went and got him out of the mausoleum for this one truly truly like like where does antenna savage even play now is he relevant whatsoever i think he i think he went back to scraw last year and helped them finish like 13th in the play. oh yeah he he helped them miss the playoffs you're absolutely right (laughs) so not yeah what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing so uh the matches we got to dig into more. We talked about them a good bit earlier on in the show. The first one was a wake-up call when Japan went up 2-0 on Finland at home, 25-17, 25-15, and then somehow allowed that match to go five. That should have sounded alarm bells because, like like I said earlier, this never happens to Japan. Never. They never play down to the level of an opponent like this. And this was hugely alarming. And I, I do not know what happened here. I do not know why. The stats do not tell the story, so it's not really even worth I, bringing them I up. I mean, a little bit more than the other game. Like, 25% efficiency from Japan is not something you see. 
No, that's not good enough. Is is not something you you see at all. However, Ishikawa not good. Their ace to error ratio in this one was absolutely bananas. Fourteen aces and only sixteen errors. Whoa, whoa, that's that, that's some of the best that, I've ever that's seen. That's like that that should be three dong territory. For absolutely, you, absolutely. Right? And once again, you won. Like you won the first two sets by a combined like thirty two points. You outscored <laughs> them in the first two sets, fifty to thirty two. <laughs> And then you turn around and lose two like two more sets and almost get reverse swept. Like I just don't understand. I don't. I don't get Honestly, that either. I think I think volley, volleyball world is just pumping Japan way too much, and they're getting copied. They're, but they're that's getting that's that's so unlike them. It's so unlike the team that they have. It's so unlike their culture. It's so like it's it's very not them. If it was any other team who has shown the ability to get upset by a team like Finland or Egypt before, then sure, I, I could see it that, that like if it was France, like 100%, Fran- France could easily go up 2-0 on Finland and have it pushed to 5. That would absolutely happen to them. But not Japan, and not at home, and then to follow it up by actually managing to lose the next game? You win the first two sets by even more? You win the first two sets by what? 15 and and 11 and then you can you actually do get reverse swept by egypt <laughs> i mean come on i do i do think and this is this is very prevalent in our chat at the moment that the depth of japan is we're starting to see the issues here for sure they're they're starting six seven maybe eight because if you add miura in there uh on the right yeah, side I think he, he can do some, two opposites but on the left side, past Ishikawa and Ran, not much there. Not not much there. And Ishikawa maybe starting to show some some fatigue in this one. He was nine for twenty-four, four percent efficiency, and they didn't take him off the court. That to me is an issue. That to me is mismanagement by Philip Blaine. Um but who do they have next? I I, I, I don't know. We we don't know because we haven't seen anyone. Yeah, this Otsuka guy who I know nothing about, and their fourth guy I, I've never even heard of. Like I, I don't know where they go. Like they're unfortunately in the position where they were. I think they simply just have to play their their starting seven this whole tournament. Now the thing for Japan is that when they fail to qualify through this pool, because I'm going to call it right now, they're done. They they will not run the table in this pool. They will not beat the United States. Absolutely no way. And they might also lose to Slovenia. Yes. Remember that Japan, the situation for Japan is that they'll qualify no matter what. They will qualify no matter what through the world rankings. They will be the highest ranked team in Asia because they're the only they're they're the only Asian team right now with even with a remote chance to qualify in this tournament. They're about a hundred points right now ahead of Iran, who's the second highest ranked team in Asia. And the only way that Japan can drop that far is if they continue losing to teams like Egypt because they lost 11 world rank points for that. But like J- Japan will qualify next year for sure. They, they'll they'll be the highest ranked team in Asia because I don't see it from Iran. They, Iran is also falling off a cliff. So Japan has nothing to worry about in the long term. But you can't lose to Egypt. You cannot. You cannot get reverse swept by Egypt at home. You You can't do it. It can't happen. No, that's... It's a dagger, and it makes me worried for Japan kind of moving forward. Like, how good is this team? Was this summer just a fluke? 
I don't know. I was really hoping we were going to see it better. Like we we're really going to see Japan start to really like go off, but it it it's just it's just not happening right now for them. I was really, ex- really not. I was really excited to watch Japan versus USA. Like that that match was going to have like a a VNL final sort of feel to it because mm. they didn't play this summer, and now I think it's a three dong. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like for sure, hundred percent. The way like like USA is gonna smell the blood in the water oh, on this one, and you're not telling absolutely. me that Ishikawa isn't gonna get every single ball that Spraz and just gonna be like, I don't care how good you are for the first two sets, you're gonna crack. You are going to crack. I'm even curious to see if Slovenia can beat him now because like going into this pool, I did not think that was a good matchup for Slovenia, and no. now like Slovenia even without Gregor Ropret so far has looked pretty good like to take care of turkey like that was a close 3-0 but it was a 3-0 nonetheless like slovenia can easily get a bid and they have slovenia think about how much they have to play for i don't as far as i'm aware they have never been to the olympics in men's volleyball and they have been very close the last couple years with this generation and this is probably their last chance this is probably tina earnout alan payank jan kozimernik yanni kovacic dayan vincic like this is the this is those guys last chance to go to an olympics and now with Japan's loss, Slovenia has this whole tournament ahead of them. They have everything, everything, everything to play for. And now that it, it's if, if they fail to qualify at this point, it's nobody's fault but their own. And they're, I think they're going to take care of really everybody except maybe the USA. I would tend to agree as well. Um, I mean, and Slovenia has just been one of those teams. Like what, four Euro volley medals since 2015? They have been one of the most consistent European teams. Like they came, they were like one of the the, the teams uh, along with Canada and France to qualify from Group Two from from the uh, the World the League. World and then League move up. Yeah. This is this is a team that has really done a good job over the years at, at putting themselves on the map, and it would be really and like they've they've also been a team who's been really shafted. By the way that the Olympic qualifying has exactly what I was just about to say. I'm not sure if there's any team that's been screwed more Mm -hmm. by the old format than Slovenia. Yeah. So I would love to see them qualify. I would absolutely love. There's still a long road to go. You still have, uh, what was it, Serbia? Yeah, you still have to take on Serbia and Japan. But And the USA. They they get Egypt and Finland first in the next two days, which uh, I hope they, they learn from Japan's mistake. But yeah, then they have Serbia, USA, Japan those last three days. But So we'll, we'll have a clearer picture on that like when on, on Thursday's show. But yeah, I think Sl- Slovenia, they've, they, they're, they're the big winners here with Japan losing. Slovenia is definitely the big winner here. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I, that matchup for Slovenia versus Japan is really going to dictate, is going to dictate a lot. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting, and you know, once again, just like the USA, they're going to smell blood in the water. They are going to smell blood in the water. Speaking of the USA, I mean, great, we're six and zero in sets, whatever. The only two things I want to talk about here are, uh, so I mean, yeah, great. We we beat Egypt three zero. We beat Finland three zero. I've I've been curious about how we've been managing the roster. We've been starting like Christensen, Shoji, and Anderson all the time. Been a little bit surprised by. Uh, we have cycled in our three main outside hitters. We've seen all four middles so far. We've got the day off today. I'm curious to see how they attack. Uh, I think we got Tunisia and then Turkey. Maybe it's the other way around. I'm not not totally sure. It, uh, it's it's Turkey. Do I think five sets? Somebody's asking in the chat. No, it's no, a three dog. Absolutely it's a, not. It's a three dog. 
it's the three dog 100 like i think that the u.s will play the starters against turkey because of the five setter at last year's world championship mm-hmm. even sparat norsika like told us that he um he is not overlooking turkey by any means that will be a three zero but then there's a great chance that we play the bench against tunisia and beat them easily but what's going on here what's going what's going on with thomas jeski's hair why did he, why did tom buzz his head why did he do this? Did you did you see on TikTok um shows you one of those old man filters on the whole team? <laughs> and Tom Jeske looked bad. Honestly, he looked like red from that 70s show. Oh that's, yeah. That's 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 what that's what he looked like. Well, and like Tom Jeske has very good hair. Like the other the other guy we gotta look at is 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 this guy, is Aaron, Aaron Russell. Russell. I think they must I was, have lost a bet. I, I almost fell out of my chair when I watched the first bit of USA Egypt and I saw Aaron Russell with a buzzed head. I almost fell out of my chair. They're looking for efficiency, bro. They're, oh, just, they're trying to like get take away any drag possible uh, when you're jumping. And uh, just what honestly, though, happening? just the looks in this, the looks in this picture too. Like Kyle Ensing right there, hilarious. The <laughs> fact that Taylor and Micah Christian are cross eyes. Yeah, Micah Christian's going cross eyes. TJ DeFalco and Micah. It's like everyone paired off. You've got Max and Dave in the background going chin ups, stare, staring off into the distance. Once again, Team USA just having fun. Just, just, <laughs> just out here having fun. Max Anderson, the All American man, just all smiles. You know, just just have having a good having a good time, having a blast. God, I um, love this team so much. God, I love them so much. They're just the best. Uh, I will try to get an answer from our our team USA friends about why the heck Tom and Aaron shaved their heads. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll try I'll try and do some detective Taylor, work. On I want to see Taylor Averill shave, shave his head. Uh, not a chance. I, <laughs> maybe he can save the. Maybe he can shave the stash. I would maybe see that. Probably not. But uh, I doubt it. I want to see a bald Taylor Averill with just the stash. Ugh. Like with, with yeah. That's, that's a, with, with handlebars. I don't, I don't think I want to see that. I do. All right, Everett, before we move on to Pool C and talk about Canada, there are some other very important things we have to talk about first. The first is that volleyball.store. Absolutely. Rob's wearing it. I'm wearing it. You're all wearing it. Make sure to check us out over at thatvolleyball.store, your number one destination for all your spicy volleyball, 9 by 9 and volleyball source needs. If you use the code SPICY, you're going to get 15% off. Um, seeing more and more out of you when we were in uh, uh, West Virginia at North Seekers, we saw someone wearing the 9 by 9 hoodie, so we appreciate you out there. Look at how good this logo is. Well, it's, 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 it is really good. I, I do like it. I, I, am, I am proud of, the, uh, of that one. So good. And... Uh, yeah, make sure to go check us out over at that volleyball.store. It's a good way to support us if if you feel like doing so. Um, if you don't feel like doing so um, and spending your money, which we understand there is a recession going on. Like, this, 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 let's be honest, it's a full-on Great Depression we're going through at the moment. Um, you can just give this video a like. Subscribe to the channel. We've only, got, four, we've only got 46 likes, and we've had 800 people tune into the show live and then our our shows are doing very well these days but um our also our analytics have told us that there's a surprising n- percentage of the nine by nine audience that's not subscribed to the channel Got that it. makes no sense so you, you, you guys you guys are aware that subscribing to channels on youtube is free right like, yes then we are we are on the cusp of thirty thousand subscribers we are so close yeah and we are if, at- if everybody who watches this show 
uh, were to subscribe to the channel, I, I think we would get to thirty thousand today. Yes, today. You're 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 very correct. You're you're not wrong, Mr. Saint Clair. And when you subscribe to the channel, you will get things like the Norseka baseline highlights, which are coming very very soon. Yes, excited 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 for those. Oh, so make sure. Yeah. Check it out, thatvolleyball.store. Use the code SPICY uh, to get 15% off. And then, Rob, let's just jump in now to our favorite segment of this show, um, Mr. Where's Daddy. Rob, take it away. Where was he so, last week? Daddy Stankovic, our hero, the official mascot of the Volleyball Source universe. Uh, Daddy Stankovic is hidden inside of every episode of the 9 by 9 And when you find him and comment where he is on the main YouTube comment section, that section after the show is over, you get a shout-out on the following week's show. So last week, we were talking about the Dominican Republic women and their, their bid to the Olympic Games, which was amazing. Uh, if you see one of their coaches on the left side of the screen there celebrating their their win with the Olympic qualification hat, which is actually a pretty cool hat. I like the logo. Uh, I was able to Photoshop the hat onto Daddy Stankovic on the coach. So that was a little bit of tricky Photoshop work for me because I'm not very good at this. But I did put Daddy on on that Dominican coach there on the left and even was able to Photoshop the hat back onto him in its original position. So that's where Daddy was last week. Several of you found him. Our friend Kenny Diaper found him immediately. And then... uh, Somebody at GD-GQ9WQH9WJ, whatever, whatever your username is. You also found Daddy Stankovic right away in the comments. So good job. When you find Daddy on this episode, maybe he's already showed up. Maybe he will show up uh, later on here in the show as we talk about Pool C. But when you find him, don't put it in the live chat, but put it in the main YouTube comment section after the live stream is over and put the timestamp of where he is. And if you're the first one to do that, you will get a shout out on our, that would be Thursday's episode of the nine by nine because we'll be back in a couple of days. So uh, make sure you keep an eye out for everybody's favorite Daddy Stankovic. Absolutely, make sure you check it out. And then finally, if you're here and you haven't subscribed to the Volleyball Source Discord yet, what are you doing? Yeah, do what? It. what well, how? I don't even understand how that works. To be to be honest, the um, Discord is the best online volleyball chat community in the world, and it's not close. And especially for this week of matches, it is the only place that you will want to be. And the link is in the description. And if you're not in it, you're insane. So get after it. Yes, absolutely. All right. Everett, it's, it's time to talk about Canada. And just it's time to really entire, dig in. The entirety of Pool C. Oh, yeah. The entire. I will say, Rob, just to start this off, I do think that it is very fortunate for us that um, – Canada played Argentina, and Argentina had their worst match of the summer. For sure. Against us. I, I, I really think that it was very fortunate. However, I do think that there's some of that, like, maybe Argentina would know was overlooking us, but they just did not look like Argentina and just looked bad kind of all the, all the way through that that roster. Yeah, it it did not work for Argentina that night. And I watched this whole game live. We were, the, the discord was absolutely popping off. The, the weird thing was that other than Argentina's serving, which was abysmal, like awful six aces, 23 service errors. That is one thing that these two Canadian wins have in common is that their opponents have served way too many balls out of bounds. But uh, also the Canadian outside hitter, sorry, the Argentinian outside hitters were bad. not good. No, not good. Bad. They used they used four of the five on the roster. Only Armoa didn't really see the court as like full time outside hitter. 
Um, we saw Polonsky and Vicentin start. We saw Conte come in. We saw Martinez come in. And none of them were able to get it done. None of them were able to get it done. And I, I'm going to give all the credit in the world to Canada because I thought the, Canadian look, they, the Canadians looked awesome. Luke Kerr is the guy. He is the guy. Uh, I, I made the comment in the chat. I was saying, as, especially as he was serving, because he's been serving awesome these two Bro, matches. Bro, his serving has been unreal. Been, brilliant and and like we didn't real vnl he was serving muffins as you Muff. would say and you, then you, you like that one eh i do like that one <laughs> that's that's but, a, that's a kid beach kid's beach ism right there for sure i do i do like a muffin for a really easy serve but yeah sure enough at norseca we're like whoa what, what what did he put into his shoulder and he was popping balls and so luke and then at some of his serving runs in these two matches i, I put in the discord luke her more like luke him and then oh Okay. And the, the Discord was annoyed that I didn't learn, I didn't figure that one out in time to use it on Norseeker broadcast. So that's my bad. I'll, I'll put my hand up on that one. Um, he's also setting f- a phenomenal offense, and it helps that Canada's reception has been okay. But all three wings, Arthur Schwartz, outstanding in both outstanding. matches so far. Yeah. Eric Effen Lepke, outstanding through two matches. And Stephen Marr has uh, not only been amazing statistically, but he's having the worst scoring chances of anybody. He is getting garbage balls out there. And he is making such good decisions. He is hitting such good shots at high degrees of difficulty. And he is doing exactly what this team needs him to do and taking out a bunch of garbage balls. And I just love, I love everything about this way, the, the way that this team Canada is playing right now. It's so refreshing. Um, it. I was going nuts against the, the <laughs> like against the Netherlands. I was watching uh, the game on my phone at the bar, and I mean, I was just so impressed by the way this team continued to to fight back and and to push through. I think Justin Louis has been super solid for this team. Oh yeah, and has really stepped up, which is crazy because i thought landon curry was going to be the guy you know we saw louis struggle last year at vnl landon curry really step up we didn't really didn't see justin louis until like the the final week of vnl but it's been all justin louis since then all throughout norseekas and i don't think we've seen landon curry whatsoever um i think jordan schnitzer has made a really in big impact for for this team uh, as well playing in the middle not so much in the Argentina game. I think he he was all right, but he's 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 done pretty well. And then Danny Demianenko has been has been super good as well. Brilliant. Stephen Marr has really started to to cement himself. You can tell that he this is the team. He's the team leader. Right? Oh, he he's the guy. Yeah, he 100%. he is he is the guy, and he knows how to affect this team even when his attacking numbers aren't fantastic. You know, he was only twenty nine percent efficiency, but he still passed fairly well. In this one, and he had 25% of the targets. They went at Lepke for for 22. So they're really going at the the, the two outsides um, here. But like what I said, mo- Mars Mars is getting garbage balls all the time, oh, and he he's, he's getting the he's, junk. He is making he really is making chicken salad out of chicken something else. You know, like he's he's such high degree of difficulty oh, shots. He's he's really he's really been impressive, and he's completely carrying Canada emotionally. Um, another thing, like now, again, both the teams that Canada has played so far have served 
terribly terribly really really bad serving oh the netherlands game was even worse three aces to 26 service errors is vomit inducing serving that is bad especially when you have one of the best servers in the world on your team namir zero aces six errors yes um So that, I mean that that's that's huge. Also, uh, in the Argentina game, Canada held Agustin Loser to twenty-seven percent efficiency only. This, How about that? This, what has made me happy the most about watching these games has been the attention to detail that this team has been playing, the way that they've been game planning, the tenacity on defense. It's these the, the intangibles that just weren't there. That was the most frustrating because that's that to me is bread and butter maple volleyball volleyball. Like that's that's what it is. It's you work hard, you're gonna go out and be a third line grinder, we're gonna prep the crap out of you, and we're gonna ex- execute our, our game plan. And to me, that's that's what they've done fully uh, fully so far. Now, I see a lot of people in the chat asking about Hogue. And the reality is is like Hogue Hogue has been over the like has has been over the hill for a, for a little bit now. I think it's big like it's it's big for him to be able to be come off the bench. He wasn't that pretty coming off the bench against Argentina and uh, as I said at the beginning of the show Rob, I was really worried after that third set against Argentina. Yeah. Mostly because yeah. it was really late at night and I wanted to to go to bed. Um but I was I was very worried uh against against Argentina, but you know when talk in talking to the guys in West Virginia, and even even um, you know you see the the assistant coach there with his arm around Thomas Samuvos. I was talking to to um, to him as well too, and they just rave about Samuvuo, and they just say he's just such a dude. You know, they just they just they just say he's just such a dude. And this is the a players team that, love that's, him. That's just vibing right now. Yeah. When when you look forward, when I'm looking forward to the next little bit though i'm i'm by no means saying that we are we are going to qualify like nothing like nothing is is given and it's till it's earned and you don't you don't earn it after just two matches um belgium bulgaria china mexico like we're still gonna have to come out play against those guys and earn the wins but I, it does make me feel immensely better that we have to play those teams. And, like, we can play some of the bench guys, right? right. We can give an Arthur Schwartz, right? Like, we can give Arthur Schwartz the, the, the rest against Mexico and China for sure. Let's put in Jordan Cannon and see what happens. Yeah. Also, China's ranked, like, 30-something now. Like, that's just, just embarrassing. <laughs> Side note. Side note. China um, sucks. And, like, so as you look at the standings in this pool – you see that Canada and Poland are tied at the top with five points instead of six. And that's very surprising for Poland because for some reason Poland needed five sets to beat Belgium. Exactly. So this is this, but this is the stuff. Like I'm like Belgium's still a good team. Sam DeRue yeah, still exactly. play. But him Ferry Ragers is Ferry Ragers is the truth. If Ferry you guys Rager, don't know about this, it's like how how old is that kid? Maybe twenty. That this this opposite kid for Belgium, he is for real. Uh, he he dropped 25 against Poland in a five setter the other day. Like he is he is legit. You've really got to try and game plan against that kid. 
yeah very very much so but this is this is it's stuff like this that i am not taking anything for granted because it would be the most canada volleyball thing to do to win these two matches and then lose to someone random it would be the most thing ever and that's what they that's what they've really got to guard against and that now fortunately for canada they've got this whole tournament ahead of them i've got a couple questions for you everett first of all now I would we just talked about Canada, you know, two and oh five points because of the five set win over the Netherlands. That should have been a three to one win. This yes. match right here. That they blew Canada blew that third set. They yes. were up, I think, twenty two to nineteen. What are your thoughts on Canada's weakness in rotation one right now? Because my my only concern for Canada, and it's a big concern, is that they still dink in rotation one right now and they need to figure it out so are you as concerned as i am in that particular area because it cost them a set and it cost them a point in this tournament because they couldn't get out of rotation one it is a worry yeah no doubt about it i do think that maybe that's a situation that we see possibly a double like uh i think we're gonna see a double sub a little bit more coming in you don't you don't think so so I don't think it's a double sub, and I've been calling for this for a long time, not for Canada specifically, but for every team that struggles in row one. What you should do is for that rotation only, especially at the very end of a set when you're up 22-19, you're receiving in row one, and Canada actually did this after they already gave up a 4 to nothing run. They put Brody Hofer in for Arthur Schwartz to okay. hit on the left side in that one rotation. Do that. Way more teams should do that. When your opposite is not good on the left, which Arthur Schwartz, who we love, is not. It's a fact. He's a converted middle playing on the right. He's outstanding on the right. He's not good on the left. And teams are doing a good job of serving against Canada, so they have to chuck Schwartz high balls on the left. He's not good over there. Put in an outside hitter for him in that one rotation only, not just to even be able to take the swings, but to have somebody who is dangerous on the left side to to match up against use that substitution more and they did that they just did did it four points too late they did it against argentina too uh, as well as well in the third uh they brought in nick hogue hogue didn't look great hogue didn't look great which i like uh, brody hofer i I think you you reserve hogue as a service sub and you use brody hofer for this specific case yeah 100 percent. maybe even just let let Hofer have a few chucks you know he's played on the right side a little bit why not so yeah I I I fully agree um do I think it's a worry as much against the teams we have to play no that's right that's fair right um Bulgaria is a terrible blocking team on the right side awful China and Mexico are are equally as bad um my big my big worry right now is Belgium my 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 big worry right now is is Belgium. We've done well enough against Bulgaria and China over the past few years, and I think both of those teams have possibly even taken a step back since uh, since like is, is Nikolov playing for Bulgaria? I don't know. I, I haven't watched. I think he is. I, I haven't watched his, one uh, second of of Bulgaria this no, tournament. I don't. Think. I, well, they almost took a set off of Poland. They didn't, but they almost did. And I, I think Nikolov's little brother, like the young setter prospect that they have, he might be there as well. So they I, do I don't, have they do have Setsan Sokolov. Yeah, they do, and uh, and still they, they 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 weren't even close to beating Poland. Who did they beat? No, uh, no Bulgaria has a win. Who did Bulgaria beat? Um, I'm looking at it right now. They oh they beat China. Oh well, okay. 
whatever. Yeah, that's, everybody that's, everybody beats China. My everybody. other my other question for you, Everett, is now Canada two and zero tied atop the group. Their next match is against Poland mm-hmm. tomorrow, like basically overnight tonight. I think it's at like three a.m. or something ridiculous. Uh, what is the strategy against this Polish team? Because you're both atop the group, you're both two and zero. Had Canada not beaten both Argentina and the Netherlands, Canada would have no choice but to try and beat Poland. But like to and to play the guys and to try and pull off that upset. Now I would not consider it a must-win game. No, but at the same time, Poland has shown a little bit of vulnerability this week. Yes. So uh, if you were Coach Shemelvo, how would you? attack that game in particular especially knowing that your game the following day is against china who you should be able to beat easily i would probably start nick hogue just to just to get him in there um and i would be very liberal i would i would maybe not start nick Hogue, but maybe have him come off the bench real quick maybe start the starters feel it out and if if poland's rolling and they're ready to go then you just pull everyone you bring in the bench that's like, kind of exactly you, what I was you, thinking. You just bring in the bench. You sacrifice that one game against the number one team in the world who doesn't have a bench, essentially. They have starters one through 18 on their in their program. Let's right? Like even without Kurek and Beniak, who are both not on the roster this tournament. Right? Yeah, so it, it, it really doesn't matter. Not really. So I think you bring in some of the young guys. You give a Brody Hofer a shot to to make an impact. You bring a Jordan Canham in to 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 get some looks, um, because the reality is is that you're going to need those guys throughout the next little bit, right? So you need to get them going, right? And I would much rather have them go up against the brick wall of Poland, you know, a little isometric um, uh, workout, if if you will, to get go ready for for China. And get all of those guys game pretty and, and rhyme for China and, and, and prime for China. Because you're kind of you're gonna need to know what you have in those guys like 100%. in like in this tournament, because you probably will need them down the road. And I, I, so I can I completely agree with, with that idea, by the way. Um start the starters. If it's not going great, pull them quickly. If you think you have a chance to steal a point or two, then then but sure by all means go for it. But like you're gonna need the starters against bulgaria mexico belgium like those last three days those are must 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 win matches against inferior opponents on paper but you're at least going to need your starters to start all those games and uh, i think that you if if you are able to get a look at some of your bench guys even against an opponent like poland and figure out how they look this week then samelvo is going to be a lot more confident and like feel like he knows what he's going to get if he needs to put any of them in later later on down the line in those must those must win games later in the week to you know to qualify for the olympics so um i'm kind of on the same page with you also it's like looking forward canada is in a very good position because i mean they don't they don't technically need to win this game versus poland nice spot to be but the later we get in the week the more some of these teams start to lose the less they will have to play for yes Yes, I'm Canada. very, very interested to see what happens with like Netherlands, Belgium, Argentina, that little that little area. Yeah, yeah, because like think about each of these teams and if they have a chance of going to the Olympics, where that might happen for them. Belgium, it's this tournament. Yes, Can- Canada probably 
probably also this tournament. They are up to 12th. They, they did leapfrog Cuba after after the two wins this week, which is good but to see. But like we're still a good 30 points behind the Netherlands, basically. It's yeah. So Ar- Ar- Argentina and the Netherlands, those two teams, especially Argentina, like they they Argentina will qualify no problem on ranking yep. alone. And the Netherlands have a better chance to do that than Canada and Belgium do. Canada and Belgium, it's now or never. The Bel- Bel- are- Belgium, Belgium, especially Belgium's 12th oh, for sure. Belgium's for sure. 21st and they're not in Vienna. So you're, you're, right. it's, 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 it's absolutely now or never. Um, when Netherlands is, Netherlands is, is technically sitting in that last spot, right? If, if we're, if we're basing it, uh, based off of the same as the women's where basically you need to be in the top 10, 10 to, yeah. to, you need to be 10th. Netherlands is in 10th right now with Serbia somehow in ninth. I don't know how. That's weird. That is very weird. Yes, yeah, so Serbia's dropping a lot of points though. They lost ten for losing to Turkey. So that that is going to be very interesting because I think Serbia is a team that's going to lose a lot next year in in VNL. So I think that, right I think, now I I strongly believe that the Netherlands is better than Serbia right now. Yes, for sure. Hell, I'd I'd, I'd look at teams like Germany and Turkey as well, who are at fourteen and fifteen as being, and even Cuba, at, at, at as being better than 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 uh than than serbia at the moment so yeah obviously keep in perspective that every match in this olympic qualifier even once the teams like are eliminated from top two in the pool every match still matters for rankings so we're certainly keeping our eyes on that but like as for teams that yeah i think that canada and belgium it's now or never the argentina is going to be fine netherlands just needs to be a little bit careful about their ranking but i Mm -hmm. do think they're they're going to have a pretty good chance next year i definitely think they'll overtake serbia before long um, but then like Bulgaria, China, Mexico, thanks for participating. Like Bulgaria, unfortunately for them, even though they brought Sokolov to this tournament, they really have no chance. No. Like they're 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 twenty-fifth in the world right now. They're behind Mexico and Belgium. Dude, China's thirty-fourth. Okay. That's so that, that's kind of what I was saying earlier this summer that getting relegated for VNL was actually good for China because it's gonna save their world ranking from getting even worse. Yes. Which is which is a messed up situation that we're in in volleyball. It is a it messed is, up it situation. Is, that we're it, in. it is what it is. Um, so yeah. the next two days, Canada will take on Poland and China. And if if, if Canada goes one and one in those two games, which is I, I would say is the worst case scenario, then uh, they're going to be in a situation those last three days where if they go three and zero. Oh, there is a very, very good chance that they're going to their third Olympic Games in a row. Real quick, Paul Malinowskis in the chat has a very good point. It's not the same as women's because France is ranked in that top ten, so it's good actually going to be it's actually going to be the top eleven, right? And then whoever the the highest, yeah, it's going to be the top eleven, and then Egypt or or, or Tunisia. So right now, it's actually the Netherlands and Iran that that are are there, and I mean Canada is actually not too far off there from Iran either. And no, not, neither neither is Cuba. Like it's only Canada 13. picked up like Canada picked up like eighteen points in the last two days. Yeah, which is unbelievable. Which is huge. Yeah. So yeah, and like right now, would I say that Iran deserves to be in the Olympics? No. Would no. I say that uh, Canada? I would say certainly belongs there over Iran. I would say, yeah, Cuba and Germany have pretty good chances this week to move up in the rankings, and they're going to play each other. So like this is. This is pretty crazy, and so we will do a show on Thursday uh, after the next two days of games and before those last three like do or die matches, and we'll we'll have even more to look at in the rankings by then. I think. Do we think Argentina has a shot 
at beating Poland and potentially salvaging this? I think that's the conversation for Thursday's show because they'll play each other over the weekend. But uh, my my question is, do they even need to? Like, Argentina doesn't need to qualify now. No, they they they're they're essentially qualified. Pretty much, they are they are essentially yeah. qualified right now. I think they are. So, so there's a lot going on. Uh, lot going the on. the big the big winners this week, very obviously, Canada and Germany. And the big. And then he chipped. The big losers this week are Japan, Japan, and Japan, and then Japan, maybe Japan, Japan, and maybe a little bit of Argentina. Like and they I, I would a say terrible Cuba too. time. Oh, definitely Cuba. Yeah, definitely Cuba. So uh, we've got two huge days of volleyball coming up. Uh, it starts like tonight, North American time, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday in there in the, those places around the world. Uh, and then we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern, like usual. Everett, that sounds yeah. good? Yeah, let's th- Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Let's do it. Let's do it after. It's going to be... I mean, we there might be games going on at that time on Thursday, actually. There won't. Thursday is an off day. Uh, we'll, oh, yeah, which, you're right. You're right. You're which right. is Sorry. perfect. So we'll have uh, we'll be able to catch up and really project what's going to go on those last three days. But... Uh, this has been crazy. It's been so much crazier than the women's. Like, I really didn't expect to have to do a show today. I did not expect no. any of this chaos to go on. It's just and... continued, continued to get crazy, and I absolutely love it. I just, I, lo- I love it when things don't go to plan. Me and too. It's awesome. Especially when things don't go to plan for me in the best way possible. <laughs> in the absolute best way possible and like i said like i have like legends of the program like gavin schmidt being messaging me and be like bro what's happening like what what is going on tomas samelvo saw luke her and he made a call and uh look at how look at how that's taken this team unbelievable i love it so I think that's a show. Uh, anything else, Everett? Or can we let the people go for a couple days and then come back on Thursday? Yeah, I think we can let the people go for a couple days. We will see you on Thursday. Make sure to join the Discord. Make sure to join. Um, make sure to check out that volleyball.store. Uh, going to be plenty of games going on a little bit later. Or plenty of games going on tomorrow, right? It starts like tonight, late tonight for us. Yeah. So you know where to find us. You know where to watch, and we'll see you guys on Thursday. Thanks for watching. All right, guys. Peace.